Glastonbury this year. Yay! <laughs> Does that sound good? No. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Festival Sounds. I'm your host, Bilal, and we have a new co-host, Tilly. Woo-woo! This episode, it's all about what makes Glastonbury so special. Tilly, Glastonbury's this year. I'm mega excited. Mega, mega. Why didn't you tell your face? (laughs) (laughs) It's a podcast, Bill. (laughs) I have a face for radio. (laughs) So, first up... Tilly, you're the new co-host. How do you feel with this uh, responsibility? I mean, you know, it's a heavy weight to bear, but I think I'm ready. I think you're ready. Your first Glastonbury was 2019? Yes, 2019. What was that feeling like when you'd gone through the gates and you see the pyramid stage for the first time? I think it was just like, I was just mind blown, just because it was just the sheer size of the stage. I just couldn't quite wrap your head around it because when you watch it on tv it does it looks massive but when you're there in person it looks so much bigger and it just it i just was like oh my gosh the pyramid stage is huge what do you think of wednesday thursday at glastonbury because you get on site and this kind of two days where people are arriving there's no music on the main stage where you can explore the site and it is massive what do you think of those two days i think they're so much fun i think you can spend a lot of it just getting lost around sight and not worrying that you're missing any music while you're wandering around. It's it's just such a good time to just find your way around and find some random corners of the festival that you didn't know existed and meet some random people, eat some random food. Like it's just such a good introduction to the festival. And then you feel ready for the music to start, like even more ready on the Friday and the Saturday and the Sunday because you've had two days of just seeing what it's like i'm with you you can rock up at like a country pub type place or you can go to sit and watch the sunset up by the glastonbury sign and everything in between those two days when you arrive are part of what makes glastonbury so special and there's so many little corners that you didn't know existed don't make it onto the bbc What's the wow place that you found on that Wednesday, Thursday? I mean, obviously the Glastonbury sign is a wow place. I mean, they do often show that on the TV and stuff. You know, they pan to the Glastonbury sign. But walking up to the sign and actually sitting right by the sign and watching the sunset is just amazing. It it feels like you're not even at a festival. It feels like you could be like on the top of a mountain or something. It's, and it's definitely something that you have to do. If you've never walked up to the Glastonbury sign, like you need to do it and watch the sunset from there. Um, but also, and with you on walking up to the sign, you remember twenty twenty one, no twenty two, where I ran up to the <laughs> sign just to catch the sunset. Yeah. I had two espresso martinis, one in each hand, and I ran up the hill from because I could see the sun was getting close to setting. It was a beautiful night; sky was red. You were all up there, and then I got to the top, and with relief, opened up that espresso martini. It went everywhere, <laughs> but. Walking up is better because that's a big hill. It is. It's. It's not. It doesn't look like it's going to be a big hill until you're walking up it, and then and then you're like, oh gosh, this is quite a big hill. But it's definitely. I think the best view from sight is definitely at that sign. You just can see the whole, all of the lights, and just 
stages that obviously aren't on yet but you can see on the Wednesday especially you can see them like testing the lights and testing the sound system and it just makes you so much more excited and you you get a sense of the scale of how big that festival is and you only get that I think up at the Glastonbury sign when you see the lights because they run from the car park which are miles away in either direction so when you're up at the Glastonbury sign you can see all the way west, pretty much all the way east. And you can see some of the hospitality campsites as well, which are outside of the fence. You do stop and go, fuck, this is a big festival. Yeah, it definitely, <clears throat> the size of it is hard to comprehend until you're at that Glastonbury sign. It's like, oh my gosh, this is huge. And especially, like you said, all the lights, the, the lights that light the way to the car parks and stuff. It's hard to believe that that's still part of the festival because it looks like it should be like, a town along or like that should be another village in the distance but it's no it's still part of Glastonbury. You you wander off into some of the quieter parts of of the festival and you find things that you had no idea existed. There was one day you found me uh, I was texting you where I was trying to describe it and I was in the middle of a beehive type art installation just sat on the floor watching images of bees fly <laughs> going around these and the beehive insulation was made out of thousands of wooden stakes that were maybe three meters tall and it was a semi-maze like structure no idea that was there there's lots of little corners where you have no idea something existed but you have to almost get lost to find these things Mm, and definitely it's one of those things that you find it once and and then you never find it again or like you go the next year and it's completely changed. But that's like the magic of it is one year there was a beehive installation and then the next year it's not there and it's been changed into something different, but it's something just as good, but you just couldn't predict what it's going to be, but it's not going to be the same. And we haven't even gotten into the secret hidden venues, but we'll do a separate episode, maybe in the run into the festival when we've got the new map and we'll do an episode about like 10 things you can't miss. And, and the, like the hidden venues that are there. And, and the, yeah, what you say is right. Sometimes you don't know if it's going to be there from one year to the next. And that's what makes it more exciting because you, you're like, oh, maybe I'll find that beehive again or maybe there'll be something completely different that I don't even know what I'll find. Like you've just got to look for it. You've just got to... I agree. You've almost got to not look for it though because it's when you're not looking, you're just wondering, that's when you find it. But if you're looking for something, then you'll probably just go to like a main stage. Not looking for anything and just wandering around, I ended up in the gas tower. It was a 360 audiovisual DJ set and it was DJ Yoda doing his Stranger Things mixtape. And it was brilliant. And I didn't know what it was. I just happened upon it. I think I left Radiohead half an hour into the set. Just wasn't doing it for me. If I hadn't have done that and just gone for an explore, I wouldn't have found that and had an amazing experience off the back of it. You do, you've got to follow your instinct and, and there's something for you. You just got to go, mm. go find it. But I do, I do almost think it's a rite of passage if it's your first Glastonbury that you're going to be just so overwhelmed by how amazing the lineup is that you just can't bring yourself to move away from the music. Because I definitely found that on my first Glastonbury in 2019. Um, obviously we did wander around, we found some really cool stuff, but like I was just overwhelmed by how amazing the lineup was that probably for, you know, three quarters of the festival, I was on the pyramid stage. I was waiting, I was queuing, I was seeing everyone I could and just like being overwhelmed by music. You saw 
2019 Billie Eilish on the other stage. She was on the up then. Yes. No talk about her headlining or anything like that. Yeah, well... And I, I think... remember you saying to me, because I'd never heard of Billie Eilish, you're like, you've got to go see this act. She's brilliant. Yeah, and I remember, I remember texting you, and obviously you were sat um, from afar, weren't you? And, and me and my friend were like two from the front we were like as close as you could get without being on the barrier basically um and I think afterwards I just remember everyone saying like it was amazing but I remember everyone saying like I can't believe she wasn't on the pyramid stage because the crowd was so huge and like they just they couldn't have predicted that there she would have had that many people and she did and it was amazing I remember walking uh, around the pyramid stage because I didn't want to see the killers seeing the Chemical Brothers on the other stage, hanging around for a bit. I was actually on my way to the park, but I thought, oh, no, this is pretty good, so I'll I'll take this in. It was immense. And then running up to the park to see the end of Hot Chip. Those three amazing acts were within a 30, 40-minute stroll. That's that's ridiculous. So far as lineups go, that was that, that for me was... You know, you are torn. What do you fit in? And I think that's a challenge a lot of people face, which is how much can I see? Uh, you in 2019, I don't. I th- what were you doing? Like seven, eight different sets yeah, we, before you even got to midnight. It was, um, and obviously, like we knew to count to factor in moving from stage to stage. Like we knew it wasn't as simple as, oh, if an act on the other stage finishes at you know 11, then in 10 minutes we can be at the pyramid stage. We knew that wasn't going to happen. We knew it was going to take like a good half an hour with all the crowds to get across. But we we literally had it planned down to like <laughs> like a T. We we would we were running, we were yeah, we were on it, but it was really worth it. I would I really enjoyed it. And I think because I did that, because we did the manic running from stage to stage, seeing as much as I could, I then felt like when I did go back the next time, I was like, I feel like I can take it easy now and just wander about and just see what happens. Because a lot of newbies will show up with, it's almost they've got a list. I'm going to go from this stage to this stage. And even big festivals like Leeds and Reading, huge lineup. It's quite easy to get between the stages. Glastonbury's not like that. You can't, if, even if it looks close on a map, if the crowd's going the other way or if there's just a crowd leaving a set, it takes a while to get from one end to the, to the side to the other. And I don't think until you get there, you can appreciate how big it is. Mm. So that you actually managed to tick off as many as you did. In fact, every set you asked me to play back, Somehow you were on the BBC <laughs> yeah. at, at the front. And do you know what you were doing? You were annoying the people next to you because <laughs> yeah. you were either singing the words or getting the words wrong. I don't know. But I saw a lot of people either side of you a little grumpy. And maybe, yeah. We, there was definitely, there's a few BBC, um, yeah, iPlayer playbacks where it's like, literally, I look like I'm having the time of my life and the people next to me are like, who is this weirdo? <laughs> Is it Rex Orange County? Yeah, Rex. That, that in particular, there's a lady to the left of you. And, yeah, you, you I think you were doing a nothing. <laughs> yeah. I think I was, like, proper, like, doing the little wave <laughs> all over the place. She's probably just there, like, I just want to listen. <laughs> We've got uh, a segment at the end of this episode called 
Am I a festival dickhead? <laughs> At some point, we're going to have yes. to do... <laughs> if I sing all the words, am I a festival dickhead? Could be a section on its I own. think that's a good one to put in. One of the things that I really like about the festival is the whole thing is the arena. So you're, there's no checks before you get from the campsite to to the the sets and the stages. And it means you can take pretty much as much booze as you want. Uh, but some festivals are super strict, mm. and Glastonbury isn't. And you see people with wheelbarrows loaded full of booze going in, and you can take a few tinnies in a rucksack and head to the stage. It's really chilled out. I think that shapes the audience. I think it's a friendly audience. The vibe is influenced by that because it's not like you're going const- through constant security checks. What do you love about the the Glastonbury audience? What do you think it, what about it makes that festival special? I think I mean we I know we kind of touched on this in the like ticket episode we did, but I think it's almost that for a lot of people it's so difficult to get a Glastonbury ticket. And and it's so it's like there's so much riding on it for a lot of people that if you do get a ticket and you you are there you're just so grateful to be there it's not like you know it's really easy to get a ticket and you've just bought it on a whim and you're like oh maybe I'll go to Glastonbury like you've been pre-planning this for months and months and months you've you've probably had a strategy to get a ticket like you've probably had a strategy for how you're going to get there who's going to take the tent how you're going to lift chair and then it's like it all pays off once you get in and you're like oh I'm, I'm in I've brought everything I want in you know there's no like we said there's no restrictions on oh, I'm going to have to spend loads and loads of money on alcohol. Like you can bring as much alcohol of your own alcohol as you want. You can bring as much of your own food as you want. You can bring anything you want pretty much, you know, within reason. And you just see, when you finally get there, it's like such a relief, I think, to be like, ah, I made it. I made it. I'm in the best place. I made it. I'm with you on that. The When you're in there, that first day, there's a sense of I'm back. Mm. Yes, I'm back. Because... It's so finite. It's just a few days. It's a handful of days that you wait for. And there, there is relief when you're there. Uh, you, I don't crack open the first drink until I've got all my stuff out of the car, my tent is set up, and then I feel like I've earned it. But you, you mentioned something, and I, and I do think this is something really important that makes festivals special. Festivals are expensive, You've got to buy the ticket, and Glassbury's ticket price is going up and up, just like everyone else's. You've got to pay for parking. You've got to pay for the petrol or the coach. And some some festivals you go to, every meal will cost you um, 15 quid. You know, Marguerite Pizza will cost you 13, 14 quid. And it, it can add up. But there's a way that you can do Glastonbury where after the ticket expense, which I get is a lot, you can you can do it at a reasonable price because you can take in your own stuff and you can take your own stuff through the arena through into the arena because it's all an arena. The co-op is on site, so you can get a meal deal. It's like under a fiver. They have loads of. They used to. I don't know if they're doing it this year. They used to have a meal for a fiver deal where it wasn't a huge portion, but you'd get something for a fiver. They've got like the stickers in each of the stores, don't they, that, that let you yeah. know which stores are doing that five five pound meal deal kind of thing. And so you can do it on a bit of a budget. 
and and I love that about about the festival. And part of it, what costs you a lot of money, is buying booze from bars. You know, if it's five six quid for a pint, it adds up over five days. So if you can take all of your own booze, that's a big saving. And I do think it's a big part of what makes festival special. Mm, definitely. And even if it's like you know you're going to buy a drink, it just it takes that stress away of having to buy every single drink. And it's also, you know, you know with how busy festivals get, fighting your way to the front of a bar and fighting your way back to your group of friends. And, like, if you don't want to do that, it's nice that you don't have to. Yeah, and I, I tend to take spirits because then I figure I can just buy a mixer whilst I'm, I'm on site. Uh, and the only time I have to worry about cost is when you drink all of my booze. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> which, it's true. Which does happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, and then I'm like, damn. My mixer. <laughs> that, yeah, that does happen. Uh, I think you're winning in that deal. Um, and then I'm like, well, I've got to buy a frozen margarita now. I have to. I just have to buy it, this £21 Bloody Mary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so the running joke for my mates at Green One Festival is if they're ever unsure where I am in the festival, they just check in the Bloody Mary queue. Because that's where they always find me. It's so good. Um, this celery in there, it's good for you. It's probably the only veg I get in five days. Yeah, I do have to say my my rule at festival is like, hopefully like once every couple of days, I'll get a smoothie of some description or like some sort of healthy, inverted commas, <laughs> drink, because it makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> Shout out to that fruit stall by the pyramid stage. Oh, yeah. So as you're facing the pyramid stage, it's to the left. And if it wasn't for for that stall, I don't think I'd be eating any fruit no, at all. But I, would, I would have gangrene. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, squash is a vegetable, right? <laughs> <laughs> and because I eat veggie uh, when I go to festivals, it, that's a lot of halloumi, <laughs> unless you cancel it out with some apples and pears. A lot of halloumi and a lot of falafel. <laughs> So much falafel. Well, falafel's all right for you, but that loom is doing some damage. <laughs> uh, in fact, nice segue. One of the things that makes the festival special is the food choices. Now, the best crumble I've ever had, period, is from Crumble Shack, which is somewhere near the, um, the bandstand, I think. Mm. And people queue. I've seen people queuing at 11 o'clock at night, try and get in a crumble, try and get crumble. It's good. It's crumble. I remember you force feeding me crumble um, in 2019. <laughs> you were like, have some crumble. I was like, mm, I don't think I'm in a crumble mood. You were like, you are. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And I have to say it did change my life. <laughs> uh, my first Glastonbury was my, my first festival. And I thought it was all going to be burger vans, cheap food, like the frozen chips thrown in a fryer. And and when I got to Glastonbury, I was blown away by how good the food was and the choice. Some of the highlights are there was amazing risotto by the other stage. I had this paella by Greenpeace. And I was sat staring at that massive Greenpeace tree. And I think Fleet Mac Wood were doing a DJ set. The food choices are brilliant. It wasn't all just burgers or anything like that. What do you think? What What's your go-to food? Everything looks so good. Everything smells amazing. But also, I'm always just like 
amazed by how everyone decorates all their food trucks. Like you could mm. spend the whole of the festival just walking around admiring all these food trucks because some of them have gone all out with the decorations. They'll make it as high as they can. They'll make it look like a mansion. They'll make it look like a little hut. Like some of them are just so clever with the way they've decorated the food huts or like the food stores and they're so good. It's the little attention to detail. Glastonbury bins are these repurposed oil barrels. But every year, a huge team are on site for weeks painting them all. And each stage has its own theme. And you'll walk past, you won't think twice, but if you look at them, you'll see there's a a theme to Pyramid that's different to Silver Haze, that's different to the park. And that's what I'd encourage people to do. Just take a moment and have a look at some of those bins. The detail, the quality of the artistry around them is unreal. Everything, it's that's what makes a festival special. They pay attention to things that any other festival wouldn't care about. Mm, mm. It's because no other festival in the world lets a bunch of artists loose on site for three weeks beforehand. And that's what makes it so amazing. And shout out to the bin painters. They do an amazing job. And it's just an example of the little details that make Glastonbury special versus any other festival I've been to. And I've been to a lot. You've been to a lot as well. I remember at the last Glastonbury um, last year, I was just walking around, just, you know, seeing what was going on. Ended up in some little hut doing um, a collage, just cutting out bits of newspaper. They were inviting people to just, oh, cut up these newspapers and make a collage of whatever you want. And I was just like, this is crazy. Like, I don't remember the last time I made a collage, but it was very therapeutic, I have to say. <laughs> Artist side, we, we've we barely touched on. But what other festival has, and that sounds amazing, but they also have in the, it's by the circus tent, I think, they have an old printing press and twice during the festival they print the Glastonbury Free Press, a free newspaper. And I have a couple of them that I keep as, as souvenirs. They're brilliant. You just It's only a few pages. But they put these out in these old printing presses. It, it's fantastic. Oh, and actually, this is something else. A bugbear of mine is when you go to a festival and they don't publish the lineup and you can only get it by buying the programme. Whereas at Glastonbury, as soon as you walk through the gate on the Wednesday they hand you a program and you can get a guardian guide that goes around your neck with the line up on it. And it's free. It's included in the price the of, of your ticket. You get the Glastonbury app as well, which has always got all the line up on. Um, and it's got when everything starts, so you can star when an act starts and you get a reminder, a notification telling you, oh, in 15 minutes, this act is on. I, I love the app because... If you've forgotten you've starred something or you've forgotten, you just, you're going, you've gone through and you've starred, oh, I might like that, but I don't know. Then you just get a reminder. And if you're nearby, you're like, oh, I'll go and check it out. Yeah. This year's app was way better than the previous ones as well. My only, my only complaint is I think it came out a week before the festival. Yeah. That was slightly tricky to make sure you've got everything starred that you want to try and catch. But that was like intense. (laughs) Let's take a break. And then let's come back with a new segment that we're adding, which is, am I a festival dickhead? (laughs) Okay, we're going to wrap up this episode in a second, but we've had a message via TikTok, our TikTok, which I barely post on. It's embarrassing. Um, 
but we had what a message you mean you don't do asking, TikTok dances? Maybe we should start doing video podcasts and then we could post this on TikTok. Mm, very true. Or it could just be your face just on the TikTok and that is the TikTok. <laughs> I don't think it's going viral. <laughs> so this is the message I got. Three of us were heading to the festival this summer. Me and a couple. And I'm friends with one of the couple more than the other. But we all hang out, the three of us. The couple broke up over Christmas. And now my friend, who we're calling Paula, who I'm closest to, says she won't go because George, her ex, has said that he's still going. She's putting pressure on me not to go, as we'd always dreamt of going to our first Glastonbury together. Is she a festival dickhead by going, even though it means her mate Paula won't be going and they won't be doing the Glastonbury together? Uh, Well, my initial thought to that is, no, they're not a festival dickhead because it would be like someone saying oh will you give up your dream holiday just because someone doesn't want to see their ex i i would say no so i think with the size glastonbury is and how much is going on if you went and your ex was there you would not see them once if you didn't want to like you you could do the whole festival camping completely different places there's so many people there that if you didn't want to see them you didn't wouldn't have to see them so I think but, Paul has been dramatic. It, but it's their dream. They were always going to go together. And now Paul has either got to go in an environment where, however remote, she could bump into George. Or if she stays at home, that dream's broken. You know how hard it is to get a festival ticket and the chance of them both getting a ticket again next year. You know, I don't know what the odds mm. are on that. But that's why I think she should go because... You never know when you might get a ticket again. So it's like, I I could see why she doesn't want to go. But it's like, if you forfeit the ticket this year, what if you never get that chance again? And then your your dream to go might never come again. So we're saying conclusively here, Mm. am I a festival dickhead for still going and leaving my friend behind? No. You're not a Um, festival dickhead. That's what I'm saying. My decision is no, because it's... You know, you wouldn't wouldn't have to bump into him. If you did, you're on the happiest place on earth, so I'm sure you'd get over it. All right. Tilly has spoken. <laughs> Thank you, Tilly, for being co-host. Looking forward to the next episode. Yeah, I've loved it. We'll try and do one on getting into the festival by volunteering. Mm, that's a good one. But to everyone who listens... Around the world, amazingly, thank you so much for listening. It's really uh, touching. And if I could just ask one thing, just recommend this podcast to one friend who also likes festivals, likes podcasts. It'll be a huge thing for us if you just make that recommendation to one more person. And hopefully we can grow this podcast and do, do more of them. But yeah, your support is amazing. Thank you very much for listening. See you in a month. Bye.